from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. To all my fantasy children, my name is Aaron Catano Sias. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast that we haven't done in two months. It's been a while, Aaron. It has been quite the while since we have sat down at these microphones and recorded a podcast together. I know. It's been terrible, but also great. Um, it's been pretty good. It has been. I mean, the reason for our break was pretty legit, so I don't feel guilty. Hey, everybody. I've been in Colorado doing theater that I was an emergency replacement for, so it's been a bit. So I've been doing hey, everybody. That. Hey, everyone. So I finally got internet at my company housing, which is a whole nother matter, and now I can make an episode. All right, and here we are. We're back. We are, I'm not going to say better than ever, because, like, I'm tired, but, like, yeah. I will say at least, I, I think, roughly as good as ever. Yes, I'm as powerful as I've ever been. I'm no worse than I've ever been, I guess is what I would say. Ain't no worse, ain't no better, you know. Wait, before we start, Jeff, I have to address something really, really important. Yeah. I have somebody who really wants to talk to you on the microphone today. All right, all right. I'm very excited. We don't normally get guests, <clears throat> and so I'm really excited. Yeah. So we have a guest today. Hold on. Yeah, you can come in now. Hello, is this Jeff Stormer? This is Jeff Stormer. Who is this? I am Steve Garden, CEO of the Olive Garden Chain Restaurant, and I'd like to talk to you about a very important business proposition. Uh, I, have, I have been awaiting this meeting for a very long time. And by that, I mean like 12 hours. <laughs> I saw an article on that website called Kotaku about, about a popular uh, LARP that you've invented. And I'd like to offer you not money, but our shitty noodles for life. Oh, finally. How about some hot nudes for the rest of your days? <laughs> you know, I'm just going to live. I'm going to live big on those hot nudes. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, I don't know if Junior Wizards know this, but Jeff wrote a LARP about fucking Olive Garden. I wrote Unlimited. an Olive Garden LARP. And it blew the fuck up. It, it was it's, on Kotaku today, and I want to talk about, I just wanted to mention that before we get into this birthday spectacular. It's what, it's been, you know, in, in the grand tradition of hiatuses, a lot of things have happened. Yes. Aaron is, do, is in Colorado doing theater, and I am the official LARP designer of the Darden family of restaurants. It's true, and it's madness, and I am obsessed with this I'm, fact. Delighted. It doesn't make like it's very, very. It's all like it's literally happening as we speak on this mic recording, and so like it's fun. It's weird. Yes. It's real weird. That it's it's a lot, but it's going to be a lot of pasta. You'll never go hungry. Uh, well, you will go hungry again because that shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It's delightful. It is great. It's a great meal for the whole family. All right, listen. When you're here, your family. We do not have a prompt this week, because this week, we are doing our annual birthday spectacular. Yay, birthdays! Birthdays are my third favorite holiday. <laughs> Behind what? Christmas. Yeah. New Year's. Yeah. Birth. I, I say birthday, like, my birthday, but, like, birthdays in general, I They're get fun. pretty hyped for. Yeah. 
and then after that is probably Halloween. Ooh. And then Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Yeah, I don't I don't know what my number five is. It kind of varies depending on what time of year it is. Of course. But those are my top four. Birthdays are a firm third. You know whose birthday it is, Jeff? Who's that? Samuel motherfucking Gord. Yay! Happy birthday, Sam Gord. Happy birthday, Sam Gord. That's right. This is our two-year anniversary birthday spectacular. Happy birthday, Samuel two Gord. Two years. I know. I... Two years. Two years, and you'd think I'd pack a pop filter with me on this contract. Hey, everyone. It's Sam Gord's birthday, and you know what that means. We're going to do a question and answer episode. Boy, boy. Question and answers. Okay. I'm hype. Do you... I'm so hype. Okay. So starting off this year, what did you get Sam Gord for his birthday? Last year, we got him like a second chance or something. <laughs> uh, this year, I got Sam Gord uh, a statue okay. in the middle of truth. Oh, a little tiny. It's not really a statue. It's a bust, but like it's kind of there and like Why didn't a historical you get him a full field. Statue. We just got him a bust, you it... cheap bastard. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, listen. Okay, Olive Garden ain't giving me money. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so we have a proud bust of Gord of Sam. Yeah, just Sam Gord, and it basically lays out that he, you know, he worked with Mysteria in the days before the Locust was vanquished, and like. I got him a little bit of recognition, a little bit of acknowledgement that, like, he played a part in fixing things when that. things were really bad. That's good. I got him that sometime throughout this year, we're going to give him some fucking closure on who his child is. <laughs> mm. It's been two years. I think I think we should finally talk about that I think we should probably finally get to that, answer that mystery. <laughs> answer <yeah>. that mystery. <laughs> what the fuck? Because we've answered a lot of, like, the big mysteries. Like, now that we know what, um... Now that we know what Ansel Mindfreak Shabwa was planning with that that by that posse, yes, it turned out it was Bitcoin. It was, it's so stupid. But now we really have to get to the meat and potatoes of our first mystery ever. But we'll we get to probably that get to that some point. I guess we'll put it off until next birthday. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where we're at. All right. So, what question are we starting with? What do we want to? What do we want to start with? Where do we want to go? Let's just start at the top. We have a list, everyone. We have a list of your fabulous run questions. Running down a list, we've highlighted the one. We've highlighted a bunch of them because there were a lot of very good questions. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, actually. Here's a good one to start with. Okay. Katie on Discord asks, "When you started AMFC, it was a show where we created characters that were not necessarily intended to interact with or live in the same world as each other. Now that that's evolved into more world building alongside character creation, if we could go back in time and start over, would we?" Or how much of the value has been in the journey of figuring things out and getting to where we are now piece by piece? Okay. Um, I know exactly how I feel about this, and it's complicated, because part of me is like, oh, you should go, I wish I could go back knowing that there is a connected universe in mind, and, you know, making things a little more concise and that feed into, like, the overall picture that we eventually built. But a big part I know is the journey, and I have to kind of silence that voice of wanting it to be perfect, because it Mm -hmm. is perfect in its own way of, like, you see the growth of our show and our ideas, and, like, as a listener, if you start from the beginning, you can see the idea of all my fantasy children grow and evolve, and that's what I think makes the show so special, is that it kind of has no set 
thing that we do every single episode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no you. It's unpredictable in that way, and not. And I don't mean that in a braggadocious way. I just mean like we have literally no idea what we're gonna do every time we sit down, and that's a cool thing I think as a lift for a listener to binge the show or just start from the mm-hmm. very beginning, where you see the idea kind of develop from one thing into another. And I think it's an important lesson for us of like, you don't have to be married to any one concept or any one theme. Yeah. And I think that like, I really like that the show started out the way it did. Mm -hmm. I think that like the first like 10 episodes or so until we kind of like cracked what was really going on. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that we kind of start to figure it out a lot earlier than that. Like Wizard is, I think, episode number four, and that's the first time that like there's an official crossover. Yes, it really really is. And so like we figure out what's happening pretty early. Mm -hmm. And so I think that by like I think that experience of like I think it mirrors it kind of mirrors what the show is episode to episode on a much larger scale. Right. Like it's. Every episode, we're basically like, okay, we have this place that we're going to start. We're going to play around with some things. And then we say, oh, but what if X, Y, and Z? And then by the time we get to the end of the episode, we have this fleshed out story and a fleshed out character. And I think that the show follows that same formula where we start out. We're like, okay, this is what the show's going to be. It's going to be character creation. We're going to go through like weapon choices and stuff. And then and then we start saying, well, what if these characters interacted? Mm-hmm. What if these things were related? And then suddenly by the end of it, we have a fleshed out universe. Like, I think I think that, like, you, we, we started out putting points like dots on a, on a page and then we had a map. And I think that there's a, a value to that. And it kind of imbo- like I think that structure within the show, like the larger show framework mm-hmm. helps inform what it looks like episode to episode. If it's that true. makes sense. No, that it absolutely does. You, you hear the, like, cause now, not that we have it like down pat, but we just go a lot faster than we used to in terms mm-hmm. of, we know what needs to be said next in order to push the story along. And you see those building blocks getting laid out, but it's like, it was like little kids playing where we had literally no idea what we were doing, yeah. but we knew it was fun. And it, it's 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 been cool. I'm really I really like listening to the old ones sometimes when I'm like forget what we said and I'm trying to remember um to see the growth of the show and like we play with things that work and then we never go back to things that don't work and sometimes yeah. we do in order to like try something new and fun. So I I think it's been really cool and it's been it's been great this process of where we are now and I think we it's we always keep ourselves open to try new things. As we approach like the next season, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's a great, I think that's a great answer. I think we did, I think we did. It really kind of tells us where we're at, you know, yeah. like this is kind of what's all about is like looking back and thinking over where we are and where we've come, where we've gone. It's really quite cool. All right. So hit me with a question. Hit us with a question, Aaron. Okay. <clears throat> uh, this one is from Magical Girl Kira, Kyra. Hey. Um Hey. How do you keep track of the tremendous amount of lore you've created? We don't. <laughs> uh, I can answer that and say that it's Aaron. It's a- it's just Aaron. It's Aaron has a uh, Aaron is remarkably dedicated to going back and listening and making notes of things, <laughs> and I just go off of the bits and pieces that I remember. Mm-hmm. Like if a bit stood out to me as really funny, I will remember and go back to that later. Yeah. Or if something sticks with me, like that's the lore that I remember. Yes. We say there are so many things that you that you, Aaron, have come to me and been like, hey, remember when we talked about this? And, you're and like, I'm like, sure. The hell you say? <laughs> yeah. 
So giant spiders? I know. That's a thing? I know. But okay, so this is something you might not know. But I I have like I go back and listen to everything and take notes. I'm obsessed with this fucking universe. But um Jeff not being familiar with it is something that needs to stay constant because I am not married to anything that I write down or you know or think of and stuff like that. So whenever Jeff is kind of like unsure or is like uh didn't we say this it it always makes a nice springboard for Jeff to have like it almost Jeff comes from like a new place of a lot of stuff when we revisit lore from 2 years ago. It he keeps it fresh whereas my idea of it is very stale and canonical this idea of canonical where Jeff's is still very malleable and he's able to like we can mold new ideas from the old stuff because Jeff is just pulling on like what he thinks happened or kind of like what should have happened or what fits better into the story and the present instead of hanging on to this idea of like, well, it was said in the canonical episode, so we got to keep it true. And it's always been something that like is so has been so beneficial to bring as we, you know, we move forward and we bring up back all the gold and all these stuff and stuff from old episodes. You know, we're not tied down to the stuff we said because a lot of the times if Jeff doesn't remember or if it's just like this is how I thought the concept was not you know what I mean? Like what your mm-hmm, opinion absolutely. on it was. It makes it like alive. It's not this stagnant. Well, it's you know it's written down and that makes it canon lore. It's like no, it can be molded and shaped and changed. And you know, it's there's nothing really set in stone because we don't have like a book. The fact that Jeff gums at it as like a genuine listener or someone who's not just like you know re-listening to all of them, it makes me check myself and be like, this world can't just be this set in stone thing it should be able to do something that's like molded on the spot and to do that you can't be overly familiar with material i agree i think there's a great balance there of like how we approach things differently and i think a lot of that's just circumstantial like i always have problems going back and listening to anything with my voice in it because i don't i like it's just not uh, my favorite thing Mm -hmm. And so, like, Aaron will be like, I'm listening to this thing. And I'm like, I commend you for that. It's not a thing I can go do. It is good. You sound good. I know. It's just one of those things, like, I get, you know. Yeah, it's super weird. I get, like, I get, yeah, I get thrown off. I get thrown off my game. Yeah. But, like, I just, and so, like, yeah, I like the balance that, like, you'll say something and be like, well, we talked about this. And I'm like, what if we, what if we tweaked it to this instead? Mm Mm-hmm. It's the, I think it's great. It's the coolest and best. It's one of my favorite parts of the show that you are relatively unfamiliar with a lot of like the little minute details. So I can throw them out there. And because of the format of the show, I can be like, but we can change it. You know, we said this in 2016, but what do you want to do with it now? And it's mm-hmm. just it's the coolest goddamn thing. It's so good. Uh, do you have a question? Uh, I do. It's actually related. Okay. Actually, yeah, we're going to go with this one and then a silly question to kind yeah, of yeah, like... Yeah. Because this one is uh, Big Jeremy Noodles, Taylor Labresh from uh, Riverhouse Games. Okay. Taylor asks, uh, like, ask us how we avoid scope creep, where each character, each week is a new character with new lore. It can be difficult to keep track of all of this. So how, you know, how do we keep track? And what, if, and, and what I want to touch on, because I kind of have a response to this, mm. is what advice do we have for listeners who may have trouble remembering who's who? Yeah. Our wiki is turning out really great. It is. Katie Callup is slaying it on this wiki game. Just, just, just wrecking it. Just, yeah. just, just crushing it. And if anybody else wants to join in, you can just totally do it. You know, I'm never going to tell you no yeah so what advice do you have jeff 
Uh, I, the advice I have is always, if, there, if there's something that's unfamiliar, check the wiki. There's a real solid chance that something that like it's on there Mm -hmm. you know and um if not like you can always tweet at us and be like hey where what do i go where do i go to remember who this character is yeah yeah and then on a personal level i mean and that kind of ties into my personal trick which is like if something comes up i'll just ask aaron hey aaron what's the deal with this (laughs) that's fair it's 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 true that that you can always like tweet at us or discord us but if you don't want to and you just want to listen to the episodes just always keep in mind, like, the the focal point is always going to be on the character, the title yeah. character of the episode. Everything else is kind of secondary, and, like, we'll flush it out. Um, and then, so if you ever have questions about, like, the secondary stuff or clarification, that's when you can address us personally. We I welcome that because I love talking to these people. But um, tricks for, like, knowing about the track of characters is scroll. I would say scroll through, like, the Libsyn or the website. And just see the list of characters, and you may have like an oh, or how this character ties in. And on our Patreon, I made a character map at one point where it's who interacts with who, who's killed who, who's in love with who, and it's there for free. And you, I'll post it, I'll pin it to Twitter, I'll do something, I'll put it on the website where you can. It's very helpful in terms of keeping track of what the hell is happening. But yeah, there's there's no real trick. Um, it's just you know. Uh, Get a refresher if you need from one of us or the beautiful wiki page. Yeah, I think those are those are those are my those are my advice. Because I understand it's a lot. It, it, we have a lot of characters, and yeah. there's a lot of like you know people tying in with people and interacting, and history is complicated. But I mean, besides re-listening, I would say just ask one of us or check the wiki. We're more than welcome to help you out and give you like listening guides and stuff like that or refreshers. Now you said you had a fun question. Uh, I do have a fun question. Uh, again, Taylor LaBresh has another question. Is Big Jeremy happy? Like, is he really happy? And you said in the Discord when I was searching through that you you had an answer for this. So I do. I have a short one, and it's yes. I have one. I just think, like, yes, he is content. He's about as happy as any, for me, he's as happy as anyone in, like, a real world would be. Or it's, like, not 100% of the time like anybody else. But give me your feels. That's 100% my answer is like, I think fundamentally, yes. I think that like he has been through a lot Mm -hmm. and like he has felt real pain and has, you know, experienced like the realist sadness that anyone can experience. But I think like he's reached a, like, I think a lot of the story of Big Jeremy is like experiencing this sadness and learning to live with it in a way that turns it around into real honest happiness Mm. like i think like you know i'm like he definitely i think there's still that part of him that still that still like feels arthur's kiss every single day Mm -hmm. i think there's still that part of him that like he's like it's just the first thing on his mind but i think like he has as full a life as he can have he has hobbies he has friends like he can see a little bit of that of of the love of his life in Every little, every person, like, he has built this place that everyone can feel comfortable. And I think, like, a happiness that he probably didn't expect, Mm -hmm. and he probably didn't, wasn't sure that that's what he was aiming for. But I think that, like, I think he still feels that pain. Yeah. But I I don't think, and I think this is kind of, for me, what big, like, the core of Big Jeremy as a character. Yeah. 
is that he feels that pain. He knows, hey, I hurt. This hurts. But feeling that pain does not mean he is not happy. Yes. He's he like he's like, you know what? Like this hurts and I and and I can I will be sad about it at times, but that does not mean that my life is not as good or better as I'd ever thought it could be. I love that. That's it's yes. Per, yeah, I I'm just like yes. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. nothing to add. Um I have a fun one. So right. Dog with Glasses asks, if you had Conjure's power, what kind of animal would you want to summon? Hmm, Conjure, as a reminder, is a summoner who conjures up like giant magical animals, beasts, you know, to accomplish a task at any given time. What would you hmm. want? Like, what would be your go-to, you know? Mm-hmm. Mine, I know, I think would be, like, if a Pokemon were real... I would want to summon Empoleon, which is like a giant penguin. So I would probably want to summon some kind of like ferocious. What's the penguin with a little thing on its head with a little crown? Is that an emperor uh, penguin? Uh, yes. I would summon probably some kind of like armored, badass, like ice breathing emperor penguin. That sounds cool. Right? I like that. Yeah, like some really demonic, cool, not demonic, but like artistically and thematically really cool, badass summoned penguin that like has ice powers. Hmm. A real good question. Probably something that flies mm-hmm. and something that is big enough that I can like it can either carry me or I can fly on its back. Of course, that goes without saying. Uh probably like I don't know. That's a, like it's tough. Like a phoenix or like a bird or like a probably dragon. Probably like some kind of dragon, like Whoa, a cool ass yeah. like how to train your dragon yes. dragon. Yes. That would be okay. So I want you to also imagine my summon cannot fly and cannot run fast, but I slide on its magical belly to get around. Like, I ride his back while he slides on his belly, like a penguin. All right, I love that. I love Conjure. That we made this all-powerful character that has, like, the dumbest capabilities possible. Like, oh, oh, I love that we I love that we made, like, the thing I love about Conjure, she is so immensely powerful, and, like, the the thing that like the thing that is like the counterbalance to that is not like a magical weakness there's no kryptonite it's yeah. just that like she it's it's strictly like her perspective is the thing that like is like the counterbalance to her immense power it's like she's like well i'm not going to do it if it's not cool yes and like that's such a fun contrast to me is like is the idea of like aesthetic being its own like it just feels real, right? Like, it yeah, feels like, absolutely. why would I? Because I feel like I wouldn't be any different is how I feel about it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. I'm like, no, I would want to do things that are cool. I wouldn't want to do things that are not cool. Yes. Like, I would want, if I were to summon, like, a giant swamp monster to, like, knock out my foe, I would want to, like, design it to be as cool as possible before I call it forward. Like, I'm not going to do it if it's not dope. Like, I'm really not going to. I wouldn't do a lot if it wasn't cool. Like, I would want mm-hmm. people to see how cool my penguin is. I'm not doing this just for me. Like, I'll yeah. be real. If I had this power to, like, customize a summon monster and call it forward, I'm not going to just call for, like, a regular dog. No. Right. Like, <laughs> Jack Russell Terrier is going to have, like, flaming eyes and, like, a cool saddle I can ride, and it'll be, like, nine feet tall. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, this is the next question. Katie asks, which character's backstory do you want to delve deep into but have not yet? Hmm. All of them? Ugh. This is like There's my a lot. jam. There's a lot. 
we've been putting a big focus on the five jeweled crown thing and like we'll call it season two because like i we wanted to set up like history of the world because we set up like this really cool place and was like why is it so dope but who's someone i really want to like dig into the meat and potatoes of so actually uh actually real quick i do have this reminds me that i had a pitch that i wanted to throw to you oh fuck yes for a thing and i'm gonna throw it to you on air and we might get to it at some point we might not yeah yeah because i was specifically thinking we have this t- world of 2020 <laughs> and it is now tw- it is now mid to I late know. 2018 we're getting there we're getting really <laughs> close and so like the idea that i had and the thing that i'd love to do and i'd love to spend some time with okay is literally like checking in with people Ooh. Is like checking in with characters and not necessarily like resolving their story, but just like saying, okay, some time has passed. Where is specifically Skylar Morrison? I was like, okay, we recorded that episode in 2016, which and that was four years out would be 2020. Like, where is Skylar Morrison in 2022? And like, that was a thing that I wanted to do, like. Slip Willis, the last time we saw them, they were fighting, uh, they were fighting Mr. Jeans yep. for the control of the hat. Mm-hmm. What has life been like for them in the years, like, in the time since then? Oh, like, I fuck with that. That's good. And, like, that's kind of, I, this was an idea that I, I I thought of today while doing laundry. I was like, I wonder what Skylar Morrison had, like, <sighs> it's been two years. Yeah. Like, I wonder what he's been up to. I love that a lot. Let me think. Who is someone that I genuinely want to like delve into? Oh, speaker. Mm-hmm. Speaker. I think that's a probably that's probably the right that's probably the right answer. Speaker is a character where it's like we said a lot in that episode that's like, whoa, there's a, another culture of robots. There's an island. Um, speaker leave wants to leave the island, or do they leave? You know what I mean? All that the mm-hmm. adventure of speaker that they went on to get to the island is a lot. So that is something I want to like get really into one day. Yeah. I, I would love to learn more about, like, what Terry Gadget has been up to. Oh, that too. Oh, Because she's God. just been, like, out there, like, exploring shit. And, yes. like, I want to know, like, I want to know where she has ended up. Yeah. Oh, that, yes. Those two are also, very good. And the other, I do have a funnier answer. Okay. Because we established something in the Terry Gadget episode that I want so desperately to see, like, what else, what else, like, the implication of this is. Mm-hmm. So if a fun bot has floated out to sea, yes, this means that at least one troop of fun bots has been sca- like <laughs> was like severed and scattered to the winds, which means that there are lone fun bots <gasps> just like washing up or wandering <laughs> the earth, and like that to me is the single like I'm like. Where else have they end? Where else have they ended up? Oh, absolutely. Where else has a mop with a face drawn on it, like <laughs> fallen off of a tree, and is like, I am to tell the story of the career of Wizard. I I like to imagine that there are like a couple fun bots on a ship, like you know what I mean, being transported yeah. somewhere. It was attacked sure. by a sea the monster. The official spot on Fun Cruise of Chef. <laughs> You have just made the <laughs> single greatest addition to this canon that there's a, a fucking cruise that you go on just to hang out and listen to it's staffed by the performers are all they serve you food. They teach you workout classes. 
They do all that. They run the casino, of course. It is time for calisthenics. Oh. And one and two and one and two <laughs> and one and two. Uh, would you like to hear the... Oh, God, I just want to do these crunches. <laughs> Jeff, the what is it called? The Spot Owl Showman Fun Cruise? The Spot Owl Showman Fun Cruise. The Spot Owl Showman Fun Cruise is the greatest addition to this tale we're going to have to talk at that is the character thing that I want to get into the most in this world is who it's like, I'm going to give you a prompt. Oh, wait, there's another question that we can actually feed into this where it's like, if you were to give each other a prompt or something, oh, yeah. Taylor, Taylor LeBrash asks if you could submit one prompt yourself, what would it be? It would be <laughs> the first rider of the spot. L Shelman fun <laughs> cruise, the first like, you know, customer, and what their experience is, that would be lit. Oh, <laughs> uh, and here's the thing. I, I have an answer for that, Aaron. Yeah? Can I just give you the answer to that real quick? Fuck yes. Okay. Because I, I this is this is a rare instance in which I remember a piece of lore very specifically, and I want to see if you remember it. Fuck yeah. Because the first person who would go on this cruise has to do two things. <laughs> want to be around the fun bots. Want to be ride or die for fun bots. <laughs> Can and we get what... a t-shirt that says Ride or Die for Funbots? <laughs> and just has some pictures of Funbots on it? Yes, that'll be a thing that happens. Uh, and has to want to see, like, the ocean and the seas. Mm -hmm. Aaron, the first person to go on, on Spot L. Shellman's Fun Cruise is Bosley Digwell. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I uh, reckon my son has been all over this ocean. I figure it's about time to uh, see what's all out there. See what there is to see now that I'm retired. Has he ever seen a fun bot before? Is this his first experience? Aaron, the people of the people of Mudtrap love the fun bot. Oh shit, that's canonical, isn't it? It is. It they, is. Uh, we specifically had said like they hear them coming and they're and like, it's like, yes. Oh my! So Bosley fucking Digwell. Bosley Digwell's first in line. Like, wow, this is. Finally got to get to spend some time with the fun bots. This is, this is exciting. Mosley is his mother. Bosley yes. and Mosley go on like a second honeymoon on the fucking fun oh, bot cruise. Because he's, he's retired. Of course. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. It's, it now is no better time than the present. Could you imagine getting a tour of the world by the fun bots? It would be <laughs> incredible. I think that should be a landscape special where we decide what the world is. Like, you know, where we just talk about landscape. Yeah. We've done it a few times. But the episode should be called the Spot L. Shellman Funbot <laughs> Cruise or Fun Cruise. And that's when we talk about like the landscapes of fantasy. Cause I think it's like a year long cruise. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and you learn all about the, the, the landscape of fantasy. It's a big place. And you just see things that you just see like marvels of the world mm -hmm. while a poorly made robot is just like, Would you like to hear about Mama Cat's pizzas and portents? Holy shit. <laughs> And they're just giving you like facts that have nothing to. We, okay, no, we're shelving this. Yeah, yeah, shelve this, shelve this, shelve this. And uh, okay, so follow up question: What would the so Nocturne's lullaby? Hey, VJ, what would the senior wizards order at Mama Cat and Corby's Pizza Place? <sighs> so they sell pizza. Mm. It's, it's a pizza, pizza spot. My question Did for you: is, We'll keep it simple. What is your favorite style of pizza? Really, truly, you know, I was going to say I was going to get like controversial with it, but mm -hmm. actually I don't even think that pineapple is my favorite pizza topping. Oh, word. Okay, that's fair. That's I love pine. Like, I love pineapple. I love pineapple pizza. I'm going to say that and I know it's going to it's going to ruffle some feathers. And oh, that's please. fine. 
It's delicious. It's salty. It's sweet, salty. But I love it. You know, it's amazing. But I think buffalo chicken pizza, like Jeff, anytime I'm at a pizza place yes. and I see a buffalo chicken pie, I'm like, oh. I'm getting that. See, this is why we make this podcast because, and this is why the show is so fucking good because I was going to give the same goddamn answer. I'm a child of South Jersey, goddammit. And if there's anything our region does well, yeah, I know it's not Buffalo, New York. I know it's just South Jersey. We do cheesesteaks and we do fucking chicken buffalo wings so goddamn well. Buffalo chicken pizza is so lit. It is so amazing. It is the cheese, like you get because you get that really vinegary buffalo sauce, and then the cheese kind of cuts that a little bit. And they put blue cheese like drizzle on it, like at the boardwalk. Fuck good. Oh my god. You know what else is good? Related is I really love barbecue chicken pizza when they do like when they do just the white sauce and it's just the cheese, Mm -hmm. and then they drizzle the barbecue sauce on top. Yep, that is a close second. Give me a slice of barbecue and a slice of buffalo, and I am. In so I kind of want Mount Holly, New Jersey, and East Hampton, New Jersey to become vacation destinations once the show goes totally mainstream. And when you go there, go to High Street Pizza on High Street in Mount Holly. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fucking banging. It's, it's real. It's legit. Or what's your favorite hometown pizza place so we can name a place uh, after? I really like Sal's Pizza. Sal's is Sal's good. Pizza Sal's is good. A real, they had such a good, they, they're crust, like I'm a thin crust guy. Mm-hmm. And they had, but I don't like it. I like thin crust, but I don't like when it turns into like, cri- like, crispy tortilla like almost tortilla-esque and that's not to say i don't i like a good flour tortilla pizza like that's a different thing yes but it's when you make the pizza crust so thin that it starts to become like a tortilla it's not my favorite i'd rather just have it on a tortilla at that point but sal's makes a phenomenal thin crust pizza yeah if you're ever in the area visit sal's pizzeria and where is it that's in technically east hampton or mount holly i think that's in mount holly it's like by the acme yes that is correct so my second answer for this because it's an important regionalism as well is it's a place called Pete's Pizza in the Columbus Flea Market in Columbus, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And it's a tomato pie where, like, it's just a little bit of cheese and a shit ton of, like, sweet tomatoes. Have you ever been to Kate and Al's at Columbus? No. It's like this. Oh, my God, Jeff. That's, like, the greatest pizza. Here's the thing. I've only ever been. I've I've never. I would say I don't know if I've ever actually eaten at Columbus. I think the only oh times we've gone, we didn't end up eating. And, like, I only ever go, like, flea marketing. Oh, my. Okay, so we're going to have to make this a junior wizard, a senior wizard field trip because it's the greatest pizza in the goddamn world. Is Pete's in Columbus Flea Market. Google okay. it. It looks like a whole – it is literally – the line is out the fucking door. It's madness. Anyway, that is – I would order a tomato pie, one slice of tomato pie, Sicilian – it's a Sicilian style. And then I would get a buffalo – one slice of buffalo, one slice of barbecue at Mama Cat and Corby's. It would be – that okay. is my perfect day. What else we got? What you got? Uh, Taylor LeBrash, uh on River House Games says, make horse cock the palate and you cowards. God, no. God. I mean, we will. We you know, it. I understand that it's coming. I understand that it's eventually going to happen that horse cock the paladin will have to be made because just because we said their name on the air, <laughs> it, it is a thing. So I'm not happy about it, but we'll do it. Um, I love that that's your lore question. That makes me so happy. Where does horse cock fit into the developing lore? <laughs> I have one. What's one part of fantasy, like a locale that you would like yep. to explore more? Um, that's a great question for Magical Girl, uh, from Magical Girl Kira. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a part of fantasy I would love to explore more? Underground. Ooh. I feel like we haven't done any, like, I because, like, I feel like we haven't gone underground. And there's probably some really weird shit underground. Yeah. We could make some really cool stuff for, like, subterranean, what, like, caves or, like, a city. Yeah. Like caves and cities and all of that. Yeah, we've only ever gone to the Chrono Flow. 
but like there's so that's, much and, more which actually like further cements my answer is like the one time that we put something underground yeah it was a naturally occurring lake where all of time and space is in one location it's true that's the coolest goddamn <laughs> thing and like imagine like what else is down there could be equally as cool oh i love i love this what's your answer Mine, I think we haven't spent a lot of time in Geode or Dragon, but I have a lot of fun ideas. I, I have an idea for Dragon that I kind of wanted to pitch to you. And uh, because uh, Lumina Dawnspear is the first librarian, I was like, what if the city were run like a library? What if it were like a library where like reading mm-hmm. is the most popular thing to do? Or like you sit in a park and reading and meditation and like listening to audiobooks and it's like a quiet relax like yes they have tournaments and you know edm music and crazy stuff but the general tone is that of like a library where you go and everyone's very respectful of their privacy and being loud and stuff like that and reading and literary the literary industry is like booming and the most popular thing and poetry and murals are on all the apartment complexes so stuff like that, but I really want to get to the nitty gritty of like Geodian culture one day because we we like always brush on it, but we never have like like we have so much Pirithra Guild and Moon Crescent and stuff like that. I want to really hammer out Geode one day. I could I, I could get into that. Cool. I would love to do that. Yes, excellent. Uh, let's see a lore question from Nocturne's Lullaby. How magical is Giant Bee Honey? That it, okay? So guilty. I think about Geode a lot because I'm like, it's been driving me crazy that we don't talk about it enough. And a big part of Geode that we established, (laughs) and it's real stupid, is that outside the gate is like a giant jungle forest of epic proportions that's full of giant bees because Alfred Honeybee established it. Yes. And it's like, we said it's like a quest giver and like the, the, the honey is really valuable. But I think it's like, it's a, I think it's a big deal to the world, that forest. Where it's like, is it dangerous or is it welcoming? I kind of think it's, I think it's as dangerous as you, as you like make it. Like, you know, the idea that like animals are as afraid of us as we are of of them. Yes. And so like a lot of animals will react fear, like fearfully and defensively if you approach them kind of fearfully and defensively. Mm -hmm. But if you approach them sort of like calmly and comfortably. Yes. I think it's that. Okay, I dig it. That's how I picture. I picture, like, if you go in, like, oh, bees! uh," Like, those bees are going to be equally as tense, and, like, there might be a problem. But if you approach it, like, I've heard this is a place, like, this is, like, this bee, this giant bee is, like, a beautiful animal, Mm -hmm. and I want to, like, hold some sugar, like, some, like, a ball of sugar water in my hand, like, in a bug's life, and have it, like, drink out (laughs) of my hand. I think it'd be a good time. I think that you're going to have a great time. I love that. I like thinking of the the honeybee forest as being like it's full like it would be a Dungeons and Dragons like if I took you on a campaign that's where yeah. it would be full of magical items and like you find weapons and chests and shit. I think it's one of those places. So I think the honey is like the magic thing. Like the quest would be in a campaign to get the honey. Yeah, that makes sense. Like it's that magical and all it does is power food carts or something we said. But it doesn't have other properties. Is it like regular honey where it's delicious uh, and it like I think so. for your skin I think it, and taste? Yeah, you know? I, I think it makes just a great, just a great, uh, just a great, uh, like, I think it just flavors tea in a really delightful way. Like that. So tea enthusiasts of Iron Hill, like, try to get their hands on it by going into the magic. And I have to say, there are there are no bees harmed in the acquisition of this honey. Yes. It's like dripping from like a 40 story hive and you just have to collect it. 
but it's full mm-hmm. of like monsters as well. Okay. <laughs> what else we got? Oh, okay. If you were going to play D&D, this is from Dogs with Glasses. If you were going to play D&D with some fantasy children, which child would you want to be the dungeon master? Hmm. Right? Hmm. I mean, Stratos goes, I don't know if Stratos would be a good DM. I, I feel like I feel like he's not going to value no, the experience. Uh, he just wants to spin player his Player agency. <laughs> hmm. Uh, who do I think would be like fun? You know who you know who would probably be great? Who? Gigi Galewind. Ooh. Because like she just loves like. You know, she has seen so much and done so much and loves just hearing people's stories so much. Like, you could just ultimately just hang out and, like, swap stories. And I think, like, hers would be just the best. I dig that. Mine is Headless Seven. I think Headless Seven would be able to spin a tail. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. That would be, that's my shit. And be really funny and have, like, a lot of, like, unexpected kind of, like, twists. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, a lot of things, like, he would definitely, is he he? Yeah. He would definitely subvert a lot of expectations that, Mm -hmm. like, you had in the game. You'd be like, all right, cool, cool, we're gonna go in a dungeon. And he's like, actually, the dungeon is the city that you're already in. Because, like, socially oh. speaking, there's, like, constrict, and you're like, holy shit, like, you just blew, because, like, I think he's got that kind of mind that he's just, like, constantly put, like, twisting on things and being like, wouldn't it be, more, wouldn't it be more fun if, like, you were actually trying to escape a dungeon that was more metaphorical, and you're like, wow, fuck. Oh, can I have a cool lore note that I just thought of? I think yes. Headless 7 runs Nogs and Nasties games, mm. and tells, like, his stories and like you know weaves incredible tales in mm-hmm. hopes that like one day maybe a friend will be sitting at the table and recognize him that's good i like that a lot i have the next question perfect by the way. uh speaking of lore questions uh grayson from heroes not included and the transgender language primer mm-hmm. uh asks are there parts of the world that you don't want to flesh out specifically are there are there any you don't want to talk about <sighs> or that we can leave as is because we've already touched on it that's a real good question. Yeah. Like, part of and it's it's a challenge because, like, I see good questions and part of it's because, like, I don't know the answer. So yeah. we get the sense of, like, yeah, this is a great question. Hmm. Hmm. You know what's a story that I think, like, is done and is, like, we could maybe check in with, but, like, I don't think needs a lot more, like, fleshing out? Which? Johnny Orko. I completely agree. I think Johnny Orko's story has reached a point that I'm comfortable being like, that's done. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Where I'm like, the whole space area that we went into. And like, I think like, well, I think the space area, there's probably other stories to be told. But specifically like that, like the two episodes, the two Johnny Orko episodes so perfectly tie themselves, tie together that I'm like, I don't think that character is probably ever going to show up again. Because like, yeah. I'm just gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Taylor LaBrush's famous prom tappy and give Johnny Orko a moment of happiness, <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> and just be like, look, he, his, he, he's gone through enough. Mm-hmm. I'm fine just letting him, like, do what he ultimately wants to do and disappear. Yeah. Like, live comf- live comfortably and anonymously among the crowd. And that's how I feel about, because fantasy, there is not a single place I don't want to talk about more. But for me, I think the tale of Sacrale. And Trans mm-hmm. Halford is in a really good place. Yeah. 
And I like that character popping up again. Yes. Like I loved when he when I loved when Trance popped up at the end of the other sci-fi episode. Yeah, yeah. But like I don't yeah, I don't think there's more to tell about that Sacrale specifically and Trance's podcast, I think is in a place that's probably pretty much set. Exactly. yes, totally. Also, I'm gonna say something a little more controversial. Oh, 2022 we might revisit and just blow up everything that happened between the years 2020 and 2022 mm-hmm. i think the, the celebrity wars of 2020 yeah i think they do you think they need a rest <laughs> i think i think we told that story yeah i because <laughs> we get asked like oh whatever happened to cyberpunk 2020 and the celebrity wars I'm like, they're just so fucking stupid. That part of me is like guilty. I'm like, we could have told a really touching, beautiful tale about like a gnome. Instead, we're like, and then Justin Bieber pulls his samurai sword from the moon. And we're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I, 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 and it's part, I love, like, and I want to say like, those are legitimately two of my favorite episodes. Is Bazooka Joe Pesci and Nelly are two of my favorite episodes. Bazooka Joe Pesci is one of the funniest things I have ever... When you said he was a fucking brain in the jar, (laughs) I still think that's one of the funniest things I have ever heard in my fucking life. And, like, and specifically the fact, like... And this is actually, now that I think about it, this was in last year's uh, birthday episode. (laughs) The ga- the joke about where who consent like that and I I'm gonna fully acknowledge like I'm gonna be egotistical and like say one of my own jokes is funny yes but like the joke about who Cassandra really was it's the fu- Sandra- I think it's the perfect capstone of like that entire saga yes I don't think we need to revisit no. any of that like Pelter does not need a redemption arc. Um, nope. No, Joe Pesci. We don't need to know if Joe Pesci returns to being a delightful character actor, nope. or if he stays a psychic groundhog. Um, no, he's a mouse. He's a mouse. Mouse. Yeah, we don't need to know. We don't we need don't to need know to about know. Colin. T- <laughs> Colin Tanks. Colin Tanks. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, we're good. We're done. That story is done. I'm putting. <laughs> I'm putting the nails in the car. <laughs> On that note, though, Jeff. <clears throat> Nocturne's Lullaby, VJ asks, how do you feel about AMFC fanfiction? All about it. Go for it. Fan fiction, fan art, fan creations, yes. like, do your thing. Yeah, I welcome it, and I want to be a part of it. I need to see it, I need to read it. I would I say, yeah. I would I say, sell my it. soul for AMFC fanfiction. That was just a quick one for you. Oh, actually, speaking of 2020 and of 2022, yeah, like, yeah. speaking of that, uh, VJ also asks, um, are you going to add more, like, a third thing to the AMFC, like, cosmos. You know, we have fantasy. We have the world of 2020 to 2022 sidestepping around the celebrity wars mm-hmm. to focus on things like Amy or Skylar Morrison. Yes. Like, get back to, like, cyberpunk stuff mm-hmm. unless an opportunity really presents itself. Yes. Do we have, like, plans on, like, a third thing? Jeez. I've thought about, I've thought about a list of the superheroes we've made. Like, I thought about a superhero, like, you know, type of thing where we may have episodes where we specifically make, like, a comic book superhero yeah. for, like, a comic book world. Because we have uh, the flame. Ember Inferna. We have Ember Inferna and the wet one. Yep. Wave the wave. Oh, the wave. And do we have any other ones? No, that's it, right? I don't think so. That's it. But, like, I've definitely, I would love to do more superheroes. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a cool vein that we could go into for fun one-offs. And, like, I think my answer to this is, yeah, 
probably. Yeah. Like, I don't know that, like, it's not something that I'm going to say, like, yes or no definitively to. Yeah. And I don't want that to feel like a brush-off answer. It's like, you know, I'm going to go where the prompt takes me. Yes. And I think we're both going to do that. And, like, sometimes that's going to take me to a superhero story. Sometimes that's going to take me to, like, a modern fantasy kind of, like, urban witchcraft story. Sometimes that's going to take us to fantasy. And sometimes that's going to take us into space. Like, I kind of, like... Say, sitting down every episode and going like what are we thinking like where are yeah. we taking this story yeah and i think maybe something for year three for season three is to say like is to be a little more willing to sit down sit down with a prompt and be like hey before we start whether on air or not be like hey before we start like are we feeling fantasy or do we want to go in a whole other direction i like that a lot i think it's really smart and I think the openness to that process is what'll be really cool where we see a prompt and we're like, okay, so I'm thinking fantasy, but what are you thinking? And then we yeah. can meet in the middle or go one direction. Yeah. Um, I have a question. All right. If you were to sit down, this is from Grayson as well. If you were to sit down to play an actual campaign, who would you want to actually play as of our fantasy characters? I mean, that was the original prompt of the show, right? Yeah. Was that we were going to, like, use these characters in games. <laughs> that worked out really well. Frick. <laughs> Frick. I know. I know. Honestly, knowing the characters that I play, it's probably, again, Headless Seven. Headless Seven falls in falls into the 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 character list that i like go to mm. like those kind of like huckstery quicker with quicker with their tongue than with their brain kind of characters yeah absolutely or maybe you know i've actually i just spotted it i would be gordon gumboat gummy Ooh, that's a good detective one i i love a good detective and i i for sure would play like with the trench coat and the knocking on doors Especially because I just love Columbo. Yeah, exactly. You lo you have a passion for Columbo and that whole tale of like uncovering the mystery and defeating an evil organization is very fun. It is. That's mine. I would probably conjure. I have a very soft spot for because I love summoners. But I think also, ooh, Swiftwind would be very good. They they can't fight. So that one, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to go, okay, so my, I'm going to give you three. All right. Madame Mysteria, Conjure, for summoning and, like, you know, you know, battling demons and stuff. But probably, but also, oh, no, I know exactly what it is. I wanted, I would love to do the John pierre uh, revitalizing the planet story. That'd be cool. That'd be real cool. That. That is my number one choice with the other ones in, like, close second, third. Jean-Pierre story of the Lone Star where he has to like jumpstart the planet's magic and he dies at the end would be tragic and amazing. Mm -hmm. I dig it so I'll be into much. That. Also, fun thing that was brought to my attention by, I can't remember who in the Discord and I apologize, would um, Jean-Pierre and fucking Pascal Fathoms would be like in cahoots on an adventure together. Oh, for sure. And that, that alone, that buddy story of like revitalizing the planet and uncovering the history of the world together for two people who are from a time ago healing the future is so fucking good. Oh, and actually that kind of brings up a lot of other questions that I, that like we've already touched on, but like talk about a place that I want to talk more about uh, the future and like a third thing, like yes. a third, I guess IP mm -hmm. this like weird post-apocalypse fantasy future that we've touched on where there are giant robots yes. and like, uh, and JP like wandering the earth yes. and 
Like, there's, we just casually throw these things out there. <laughs> I know. And, like, we regularly don't revisit them. I know. And I'm like, I so just want to spend more. Like, I constantly am like, you know, I, I constantly just think to myself, hey, you know that we created this weird science fantasy post-apocalypse, like, nightmare world. Yes. What, like, that's a place I want to go back to. I, I agree. It's always been something I, I'm hesitant to touch on because it's so juicy of, like, what wounded mm-hmm. the planet? Why is there no magic? You know, what is this world? I think it's an entire world. Like, Crystal Grimm is just one region of the world that, like, we touched on. Jean-Pierre has to walk all of it. Like, Pascal mm-hmm. Fathoms is in Moon Crescent. But, like, what And it's, like, else? rebuilding Moon Crescent. Yes! Like, there's this whole world where we get kind of... It's kind of like uh, A Link to the Past, where there's the light world and the dark world, where, like, both have, like, stories in them. And I think it's a really good thing that we can... Oh, we should dig into that more. That's real good. I really want to dig into that more. I have a dumb one for you, Jeff. You know I love dumb ones. If you were... This is from Big Jeremy Noodles. If you were to design a custom eggnog recipe for one character, who would it be? And what would the recipe be? Uh, the answer to that is, unsurprisingly, Big Jeremy. Okay. Uh, Big Jeremy probably... Lo- like, I think Big Jeremy's is like... A, the rum is imported Ooh. and is super spicy and is like full, like packed. You know, you you know, you you ever have that? You ever have like rum, like you know, like imported like Cuban or Puerto Rican rum, or and you drink it and you're like, this is just pure cinnamon, and I'm gonna have four glasses yep. of this and have a bad night. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's full of that, like it's packed with that. And it's like it's it's got that it's got that very specific like handcrafted hand spiced rum that has been aged with spices for a while. I oh fuck. <laughs> and I think like it's just like the flavor profile of it is like too much. It's just you drink it and you're like, there's so much spice, and the cream is probably not. It's probably like creamer. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like it's so like the milk is so fatty and like the there's so many eggs and it's been fermenting for so long. So it's so thick. God damn. And like and it's just like you drink it and I don't think anybody but Big Jeremy likes it. I get that. But like Big Jeremy's like, I, you know, if I'm drinking Nog, I want to really I want the I want, you know, not I want that Nog. I want that experience. It is a full experience. And I love that that he's in the beverage capital of the world and no one else drinks that the way he does. <laughs> no, he's just like, I, I want flavor. He's like, he's like more flavor, more flavor, please. I, my vote, I think I would, what is it? Who would you make a recipe for? Or just like, yeah. you know, um, Eliza Johnswort. I think mm-hmm. she takes her eggnog ice cold because she's in the north where it's like chilly Hmm, what's special about it? The recipe? It's a... Uh, yeah, hit me. You're the Nog King. It's actually served cold. Ooh. But there's something about it. There's a little bit of a little bit of magic. There's a little bit of magic to the rum. It's But, like, it drinks, you drink it, and, like, you know, there's the whole thing that, like, alcohol is warming, mm-hmm. even though it technically drops your body temperature. Mm-hmm. This actually warms you. Ooh, I like, like that. Like, your body temperature raises a little bit, and, like, you just feel, like... I'd actually, I'm not even going to say, I don't even think it's alcoholic. I think this is purely, like, a magical, like, magic of the spices. Like, there's no actual alcohol in it. Yeah. Or if there is, it's, like, a very small amount. 
And it's just, like, made with a certain amount of, like, care and magic that, like, you drink it and suddenly the Arctic cold feels bearable. Ooh, and the the spices in it and the herbs are so, they are obviously magically infused where the smell of it when you bring it to take a sip takes you back to that beautiful feeling of, like, ooh, winter's mm-hmm. coming and, you know, school's gonna be out and all those fun feelings that come with winter. That happens every time you take a sip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love this. So let's go into, we've got some some businessy questions. Yep, yep. Uh, and then we'll slip into, so we've got basically, I'm looking at the questions we've got, and we have a few businessy ones that I want to get yeah. to, and then a few verbal hug questions that I want to get to. Let's do it. And that'll be sort of how we transition into the end. Yep. Uh, business questions, this one comes from, uh, this one comes from Grayson, and that is, uh, do we ever think about taking guests? Well, it is a Patreon goal. I would, I would obviously, yes, it is a Patreon goal. So we would totally invite someone on and we would, I, I have it kind of planned out in my head how it would work. Okay. Where it would be like, we kind I would love to have someone, if they're willing to chat a lot, like if, you know, if they have a lot of ideas, it would be us asking you like those good, good questions that keep the ball mm. rolling and like, because I would want the guest to tell their story and create their character and we yeah. kind of just keep feeding the snowball getting bigger and bigger so when the guest leaves they're like holy shit i have a fully formed character that i could take away i'd be into that yeah i've also thought about this because we've been talking about doing like collaborations with other podcasts so like i've thought about how i would want that to work Mm -hmm. and i have an idea like i've had ideas similar to that of like how that would work if we were to bring on someone from like like friend of the show, uh, friend of the show, Brandon, friends of the show, I should say, Brandon and James, stop back and roll, Protean City Comics. Uh, like, how we would bring on, like, Brandon and James and be like, alright, here's how, like, and I've thought about it. I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to literally have somebody come on and be like, be like, here's, like, they pick a prompt, and then they're like, here's the prompt I want to use, and then we basically sit down and, like, tell us about the world. Mm. And we kind of talk about the thing. We talk about the thing that they're making until we have that moment of, like, that's where the prompt comes in. Yeah. And then we start making, like, a thing. I I think that's a great fucking idea. I don't think I would want to do it with, like, I said Brandon and James, but I don't think I would want to do it with more than one guest at a time, only because I think it would get crowded. Yes, and I don't want to edit four tracks. That sounds that sounds not great. <laughs> There's a reason party of one is two people, and among all the other reasons is because two tracks is a good number. Yeah, a lot of people ask me, like, why aren't you on an actual play? Like, you guys should do an actual play. I'm like, I'm not. God bless y'all who edit fucking, like, four or five people. I can barely do two. Which, uh, actually, next question. Uh, Nocturne Zillabai asks, how do you stay motivated in editing? Whew. Um, I can answer it if you need time to think. Yes, please. Uh, I, too, I don't, I, for the most part, I don't edit all my fantasy children. I should point that out. Aaron is a god and does <laughs> all of the AMFC editing and is amazing. It's astounding. Thank uh, you. But I do edit things. I edit, I've edited a few of the audio dramas. Yeah. I've edited a few of the bonus features. And I obviously, I edit Party of One half the time. Much love to Jen Frank. Um, but like the way that I stay motivated in editing is like, I'm really bad at it, but like, I'm the I'm the shitty kid that like waits until a week before like a day before deadline and is like okay hitting three times x audio and just rushing just bull rushing through it. <laughs> I did not know. But then that. like <laughs> and then like when I'm ed- well and that's partially because like hearing my own voice yeah yeah trips no me I up. get that completely. But also like I put it at two times editing 
And then, like, once I'm just speeding through it, like, that, once I'm, like, into it and hearing it and a little thing for me, I guess what I would say is the thing that keeps me motivated is I know there are people, I know there are editors, I know Jen, editor and, par- editor and producer for Party of One, she hits play at, like, one time speed and then just, like, leaves Audacity. Like, opens up, you know, Chrome or, like, pulls up Twitter on her phone and is like, I'm just going to flip through Twitter. And if I hear something while I'm doing something else, I'll go back in. Yep. I cannot do that. <laughs> the thing that keeps me motivated is having Audacity on the screen and watching the waveforms mm-hmm. go by mm-hmm. and seeing that little bar tick along towards completion. I'm like, this is this is for me the most natural element. And that's for me the thing that keeps me motivated. I love that's good. I like that. I have adapted many different things that have keep me motivated. I used to just be super excited. And then there was a period where I was like dreading it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but now I've come, I've come to a really nice place with editing the show because I kind of know our formula. And so I like re-listening to it and us. I look forward to the moments of realization that we have and the moments of discovery because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like, oh, oh, okay, this would be really good. Oh, I have a pitch, you know, and those keep me going. But also my trick for keeping myself sane while editing these is because at home I have two monitors and one has YouTube. I'll put up like gameplay of like Destiny or something, watching people like, you know, the Overwatch tournaments and I'll watch that and Audacity will be on the other screen. And if once again, it's like, Jen, if I hear something that's like, you know, or bad, I'll go back and, you know, fiddle with it. But otherwise, like, because I used to over edit this show so much, I was going through like the most minute things and taking all the arms. Oh, every, oh. every, like, I think, and I think part of it is like people that learn to edit by necessity, mm-hmm. which is to say people that launched like an audio project or a podcast and like started editing their own work because of that. Yeah. I think every, I think every one of them has that story. Yeah. I think like I've, I've, I know I've talked to other podcasters that are like, yeah, I edit my own thing. And if you go back and listen, like there are no likes or ums yep. in episodes one through 10. And they all sound vaguely alien yes. because we're just like, I'm going to say a thing. And now I'm going to say and now I'm going to say a great other thing. And they're like and they're like, I had to learn to be say ums are a part of conversation. Likes are a part of conversation. Breathe like pauses for breath are a part of conversation. Yes. And so I think every podcast editor, to a certain extent, has that experience. Yeah, it's sort of being comfortable in understanding that, like, you know, I, when I listen to podcasts, I'm super fucking forgiving of, like, ums, mm-hmm. pauses, you know, blips in audio. And so, like, relax, because people are here to hear our story. And but when you told me once that, like, part of the show is the process, and I started leaving in the moments where we're like, oh, my God, where are we going with this? I think and I think that's I think I honestly one of the reasons I say like you're a god is because I think that's a great decision. I think leaving that in and being like and and I know that people have responded positively. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a great fucking decision. It's just leaving in like, well, what now? Yeah. Okay, And then we 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 because it's we're spinning it on the spot. Yeah. I think there's a value to that. It, it, it is. And it, it's, it's part of what makes this show very, I think personal and like human that like what we're trying to do is challenging. Um, and it's, it's fun when, you know, you let the listener, we're letting you in on it. And that's something that like, honestly, to get back to the question too, it motivates me in editing it where I'm like, Oh, I can't mm-hmm. wait for them to hear this part. I think everybody's going to love it. Or like, you know, I just get excited because I'm listening to it 
for the first time. And I'm like, oh, that even if we just recorded it and I'm doing like a same day turnaround, I'm still like, oh, that's going to be so much fun. What if I put a little jingle of music on this? There, I think it's going to really, I get excited for people to enjoy the episode and felt feel what we felt while recording it. And that's what keeps me going. And I hope, honestly, if you edit a podcast or whatever, I hope you remember that when you're editing it, that like, mm-hmm. we're going to fucking love it. You don't have to sweat that hard. Like, it's going to be a blast. We're going to enjoy your voice and all your stuff. So like, don't overthink. It's going to be a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Agreed. Um, You got a businessy question for us? Um, yeah. Something about it seems. I have one. Nocturne's all by VJ asks, when can we buy AMFC merch? I know there's stuff in the works. I know that, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if she has shown you. I know that she's shown me. I know VJ is working oh, on yes. that thing. Oh, yes. It's real good. It's real good. Sooner than later. Sooner, Sooner than, than later. later. It's I'd a thing. love it. I, AMFC merch and Party of One merch are things that I really want to have out there. Like, I know the places. I have found the places that I want to work with to, like, put it out there and sell it. It's just a matter of getting it on there yeah. and, like, finding the right designs for mm-hmm. it and like making sure that like it's stuff that i would want yes completely as selfish as that sounds no fuck that that's that's how i feel too i'm like yeah we're almost well i think we're almost at a place where i'd feel comfortable having like you know shirts with like the cities on them or like button mm-hmm. buttons at least like just like stuff you know shout outs to characters and places that'd be fun yeah i want that soon uh Let's see. Uh, businessy questions. I think we. I think I have maybe. Have we thought about joining a network like the RPG Academy or One Shot Nerdsmith, etc.? My answer for this is I know. I is I know we've both looked at various networks. Mm-hmm. We've both considered it. Uh, I don't know if it's the right call for us right now, but I think we're in a good place. That like I think for us right now, it's not so much like. We don't want to do it or we would be opposed to doing it because I think I'd, I, I'm i in a place where I'm like, I would be totally fine with that. At least for AMFC, party of one I get weird about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I'm at a place where I'd be all right with it. It's just a matter of finding a network that I really want to like hoist our flag to because I think the thing about our show is that we've talked about this a lot like private conversations is that we're doing a thing that is weird and different that no one else is doing. That is correct. And that's cool as hell. And I think that's a real value to go to a network and say, hey, we're doing a thing that, that is not, not being done elsewhere. I I want to be the person to go to someone and say, hey, we're doing a thing that no one else is doing and we want to do it with you. Yeah. And so, like, we have thought about it. We've talked about it. You know, we talked about it yesterday, actually. We had a long conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way I feel about it is legitimately, like, I want to find a network that I feel I feel jazzed about going to and saying, hey – this is our show. Take it or leave it. I think we would do really good work together. Let's make something happen. I agree. I agree completely. I love this show. It's one of my favorite things. In the, I love it more than a lot of other things that I do creatively. Um, and I, I, I have a strong value of it. I have a personal value to the show. And it's not mm-hmm. something that I know neither either of us take lightly is like how much this show means to us. And so, you know, you have to know the value of yourself and your product. And I think it's good. And so I, you know, we wait around, we hang, we lie and wait. All right. Question for you. Okay. I'm sorry. I've been like, I've been dominating these questions. I don't, I don't care. Question, question for you. Cause I want to hear your answer and then I'll give an answer. Uh, The last question for our sort of business question section 
before we get into some more like personal verbal huggy stuff. Okay. Also from VJ, what goals do you have for the next year of the podcast? Gosh, a lot for, for me. God, um, I would like to have Rose's guide for every location. Yeah, I, would, I definitely I want to get that done. Yeah, I want to have for this AMF three season three. I would love to have when you if you're caught up like a very comfortable idea of the world. Because I know I do, but it's, it's, I would love for that to be able to be like shared. Where when we say geode, you have this perfect idea of a city that's in a mountain in the surrounding area. When we say Purethra Guild, you know, you know exactly what it is. Like, yeah, I, I would love to kind of not quite a, maybe a physical map, maybe not. I kind of love that it's like in the air and like, you know, a permanently developing world, but more of an easier way to, catch up and have a firm grasp of like what this place is and so it'll be easier to take bites out of the show like when we just say like oh they're in dragon we people like it's easier to Mm -hmm. know what that means that is my goal for the show because i know it's hard sometimes and it's you know you have to like check the wiki or ask us personally i would love to figure out ways for it to be easier to follow along without going like wait who is that again all right, I, 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 like, I like that. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I think for me, uh, and this is partially drawing from experience, because I want to talk about Party of One for a second. Okay. Because uh, we're about a year behind. Like, like this show started about at our first, like, about the end of, of Party of One's first year. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we're, he, we're about where we were at for Party of One year two, like, and so I think... What I'd like to kind of follow the same a little bit, like I'm approaching year three of all my fantasy children with a little bit of the perspective that I approached party of one year three back when we start started with like episode 101. And that is we know the formula. Mm-hmm. We have done the formula. We've got the formula down to a science. And this kind of leans towards the question of like, what are changes to the current formula? I want to break the formula. Mm. Like that's kind of where year three is for me. It's like we've we've gotten the we figured out what the show is. We refined that formula as much as we could. Now I kind of just want to get weird with it. Yeah. Like for party of one, like we 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 got we figured out what the show was. It's a kind of a dramatic actual play focused on two player role playing games. Year two, we like really like honed it and figured out the kind of games we wanted to play. Year three, I was like, what else can I do with a two-player format? That's when we started doing, like, weird GM-less games and started, like, really, like, getting, like, telling stories that couldn't be told with a larger group. Yeah. So for all my fantasy children, what I want to, what I think that looks like is asking the question of, like, is this a fantasy prompter? Are we just going in a new direction and putting more points on a, on a different map and starting a new journey? It's probably, like saying, all right, look, this isn't necessarily a story that is told. And we kind of started this, I think, a little bit. Like, we told G.G. Galewind was told in a way that wasn't the same as, like, our normal formula and stuff like that. I think it's stuff like that where it's like, I think this episode is structured vastly differently than what has been done than our normal formula. I think we approach it in a different direction. If that's, we're going to play, you know, we've kind of pitched the idea of telling episodes through actual play or doing other things like i kind of want to see what else that formula can look like and like just really expand the boundaries of what we can do with the show that we have i agree because like when we i I talked to meg uh 
about this, the host of Modifier, a lovely podcast. Um, that should be coming out. I don't want to say soon because I don't want to put pressure on it. But we were talking about it, and what I was, what I discovered was the show is kind of like where how you build a world through character creation, where like the emphasis doesn't have to is is on character creation, but what that genuinely means about the world at large. And sometimes I shy away from like talking about what that means in fantasy and like, you know, every time we introduce a new topic or concept. But I think really leaning into the fact that like if we say that Mama Cat and Corby's exists, that means that there are little things like there's a demand for fast food. Does that mean there's lots of travelers? How much capital is invested? You know what I mean? Little things like that Mm -hmm. of really every time we make a character creation decision, how does that influence the world at large and the development of it? is something that I think we can afford to lean into and really, you know, not shy away from because it's like, oh, no, nobody cares. It's like, I do. And I want to talk about that kind of stuff and really flesh out the world and maybe go using unorthodox methods in order to really figure out what this place is. And because it's defined by the people that live in it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that I think I want to put an emphasis on moving forward too. love it. Yeah. All right. Do we have any other business ones, or is that the end? Yeah, I think that's the last one. Cool. All right, so let's get into some, like, emotional ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll start light. Let's get in. We'll start light. Yeah. What's one thing on this specific day that you have done or are planning on doing to treat yourself? And that's from Big Jeremy Noodles. Uh, first off, how dare you? I know. Uh, I'm going to say that to Taylor. And I say that specifically because I asked that question uh, to Taylor to ask to oh. uh, prompt submitter and friend of the show, Alex Roberts from Backstory. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so how dare you, one. <laughs> one, how dare you. Also, I appreciate that multiple people have asked that question. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> how dare all of you. <laughs> uh, what I have done today, or what I am, what I have done today that has treat myself so far is uh, I took the day off work. Uh, I've been having a rough week, so I just took, I said, I'm taking a day. Uh, I got some car stuff taken care of. I, you know, I got some things in order that had needed to be put in order so that, like, I don't have that stress on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the final match of one half of the New Japan G1 Climax Tournament just before we started recording. Mm-hmm. And it was an incredible match. And I, I watched it. Because I was like, I want to, like, this is a thing that I'm excited about, and I have a lot of stuff going on today, but I want to take the time to do this thing that I love. And then uh, we have another recording, Aaron and I, later tonight that we're doing. Yes. And after that, I'm going to treat myself. Uh, Jen and I are going to have a nice dinner, probably, I think, grilled cheese. Ooh. We're going to have a drink, and we are going to put on Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega from 2012 in Budokan Sumo Hall. Because they are having their third match also in Budokan tonight or like tomorrow morning at like seven in the morning. So we're getting up early for that. So we want to watch the previous chapter in the Golden Lover saga before that. And that is going to be a real treat to myself. I love that. I. What about you? I think I am because I got a lot of editing to do and I have to. We're house sitting for some patron of the theater. So I have to move this entire computer system over there. Mm hmm. Um, I am going to use his hot tub, but also I'm going to eat something super fucking good. In town, there's this really mm. good burrito place that's like oh, a that locally owned type Chipotle spot. And those burritos yep. are the shit. I'm going to buy the fuck out of one. It's going to be that amazing. Yeah. Uh, what's your, uh, Big Jeremy Noodles asks, what's your favorite thing about your co-host that people don't see about them? Hmm. 
oh, I have one. I mean, it's it's sort of like it's something that like if you're looking, you can see, and it's uh your dedication to tabletop games and the storytelling that can come from them. It's like a level of integrity that like not many people probably know. I mean, I'm sure they do if they like enjoy Party of One, but just the fact that you make so many you invite so many people on, and it's something interesting that I picked up on. That like you wanted to make a thing where like you don't need to have fancy equipment, you don't need to have a podcast already, you don't need to have a project to come on Party of One. Oh yeah, everybody's got a seat at the table. Yeah, like that is such an important thing in the current state of tabletop podcasting, where like you know everybody is everybody's trying to be Adventures of the Magic Tavern or whatever, you know what I mean? Everyone's trying to be the mm-hmm. next big thing. And so everyone's a little, some, a lot of people are unfortunately a little bit like gatekeepy when it comes to coming on their show where it's like, what's your equipment set up? What show do you have? And they're going to look it up and see how many followers you have. Whereas like you're making in this space that's developing and blowing up, you're still making this like what comes off as like a sandlot hometown you know, very welcoming and approachable approach to tabletop podcasting. That's very, and it, and it comes from your genuine love of games and the stories that come from them and people, new and old people experiencing games and the joy that comes from them. And more people need to know that there is someone out there who is genuine and has a lot, they have a lot of like passion and love for the actual experience not just getting their listener count up. And it's mm-hmm. it's something that's it's it's really wonderful to see that like if you want to be on the show, you can be on it. And to have a genuine experience playing games with someone someone who knows a shit ton about games. And if you want to run the game, Jeff will play it. Like it's something really cool. And I don't know if a lot of people like get that. That it's not like a fucking act of like just anyone can come on the show. It's like no genuinely everyone should come on this show. If you've heard this and you haven't been on it fucking apply send do the google doc or whatever you got to do because that it's it's such an amazing thing that's kind of drifting out of the space of tabletop podcasts where like everyone's welcome you know come play on the show be a character on the show don't just like you know pop in and have a line or two like you get to be the fucking star anyone it's so cool thank you that means a lot i i I put a lot of work into that and i'm glad that it comes through totally I don't know if people know the amount of footwork that you put in. <laughs> like, like uh, there's because like I think a lot of things just kind of happen around the podcast that like I don't think people necessarily see the level of of you going like, "Fuck, we're supposed to like we should have this. This is a thing that we should have." Yeah. Okay, let me roll up my sleeves and figure out how this works, <sighs> and like God. look through things and like. You know, like you learn, like you put a remarkable amount of energy into like learning shit. Yeah, that like you could just as easily be like, "Well, we're just not gonna have this." Like, uh, we're just gonna like part like you like you learned like how to build a website in Squarespace and like asked people for help and like put on put in footwork rather than just be like, "No, we're just not gonna have that. We're just gonna use lips and it's fine." And I think like that really shows i think i don't know if people like under see because i think people see the finished product yeah and they're like oh cool 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 website looks good and they don't see you for a week being like i gotta figure out like how to make this into a functioning thing and like look good like i, I just wanted to i love this show so much and i just want 
everyone to be able to enjoy it mm-hmm. at like a and like it, you like learned how to write music for the show like i don't <laughs> think people that's a, like there are little things like that that i think i don't know if people see like the amount of like running around that you do in regards to that and i think there's something really like powerful in that thank you it's uh it is a lot i don't know what i'm we're flying i'm flying by the seat of my pants I don't even know that much about tabletop games, to be honest. I just know a lot about storytelling and, like, mm-hmm. built character development. That's all I know. I don't know anything about games. Yeah, I think, like, and I think, like, the the amount of times that you say, oh, I don't know this, and your response is to go, well, I'm going to figure it out, is inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we got two more questions. Okay, perfect. Uh, exa- two more questions, because I know this is running long. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I don't give a shit. It's our welcome back episode. It can be as long as we want. Uh, VJ asks, how have you leveled up since last year? <sighs> Man. Um, I edit a lot faster, and I I have become very comfortable. Um, and I know these questions are a lot of I, 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 but that's, that's the nature that's, of it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what people are asking. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot more comfortable with... I, I was nervous about making, like lore and notebooks and writing stuff that may never make it to the show you know stuff that we can bring up later i was very nervous about that because you always have the question of like would anyone care about any of this and who cares what geo looks like you know some people just come for the yucks and stuff but like i've felt more comfortable with being like no this could be a fucking livable world that like games could be played in and it, it, it and it does help the experience as a listener to know to have like images and to have a history of this world and that it's fun. And like it kind of giving myself permission to dive in deep dive into my own material, you know, cause you feel mm-hmm. kind of dumb when you're like, well, like what does the landscape outside of geo look like? What does the forest look like? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, nah, nobody's going to care. Just make a character. So kind of shutting that up and being able to, really develop this and you know give it the love that i want to give it because you go like you know we're not the number one podcast in the world why would anyone care but it's like no it's kind of been like dress for the job you want not the one you have scenario where i'm like i'm gonna act like i have a fucking kids tv show and i need to develop this world like because people Mm want to hear it and that's kind of what i've been kind of treating myself to and it's been wonderful but that's how i've leveled up in the last year letting this thing be exactly what i dream it could be and letting it get big and stuff like you know let this world really turn into something developed i don't know you know no i think i think that's great and i think i think my answer to that is like i have become a lot more comfortable demanding a seat at the table like i put a lot of effort in making sure other people have seats at the table and i like that that's the thing i continue to do but i'm more comfortable now three here you know two years into doing amfc the last two years into amfc three years into party of one i'm a lot more comfortable being like no i'm a big deal and like that sounds egotistical because i'm not a big deal Mm -hmm. but like saying like it's like to your point about like you know feeling like you kind of have to be you know feeling like oh I, i i don't feel like i'm i'm enough to do this project or be in this podcast or submit myself for this interview or whatever i've kind of hit a point where i'm like no the shit I do is good mm-hmm. and is valuable and is like, you know, you should want to talk to me. It was like I was saying about the network. Like, I feel more comfortable saying, no, the, the thing I make is pow- is good and important and you should take notice. Yeah. And like taking the steps to make people take notice and like not necessarily like 
being like, well, you know, I have this thing. Be like, no, I have this thing. And it kind of reflects in every aspect of my life. I'm like, I put more things on Facebook now because I'm just like, no, this is a thing I make. I put work into yeah. it and it's good and you should look at yeah. it. And not really accepting an answer of like, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Like, I'm being like, no, it's important. And if you don't take notice of the things that I do and the energy that I'm putting into them, like, that's a kind of a problem yeah. at this point. Like, and so I feel more confident, like, taking ownership of things yeah. and recognizing, like, if if my taking ownership of it is not being respected, like, taking notice of it. Like, that. you know a lot. You put a lot of passion into podcasts and games and like you you've worked super hard it's important all listeners and jeff like it's important to know your value and to understand that and like that you're you don't have to be like oh hum i'm not a fucking mcelroy i guess i better like hang up mm-hmm. my microphone like no you would you know your work has merit and it has mm-hmm. value even if like you know our show is not huge even if a couple hundred people are fucking love that and they're like, well, it's not 10,000. No, those hundred people deserve yeah. you to fucking give it your all. The thing is, is that those hundred people are a lot more than I had before. Yes. Like that, that, those hundred, like those hundred people that care about what I have to say are a hundred more people that cared about what I had to say than, than I had before I put in this work. And I recognize the work that I've put yes. into it. And I've kind of reached a point in the last year where I'm saying like, no, I am like I am I have a value and this is what I want from that value. Yeah. There's there's a there's a thing that happened uh that you were at that I can I've been comparing this to since I've been in Colorado. Do you remember when I did a play in Philadelphia that was really bad and only like six people ever went to? Yes. That's kind of how I've been thinking about podcasts where like I've been thinking of it as like a play where like there's only a couple people in the audience. You're not going to wimp out and like not go ham. Yeah, those people deserve to see you at your best. You gotta, you've, you gotta put in the, you gotta put in the you've show. You've put in so much work your entire life, getting ready, like you know, telling stories and playing games, and really, you feel passionate about it. It doesn't matter if it's one person, zero people. You throw it out there and you give it. You go fucking ham, and it's something that yes, that is how I've leveled up as well. That like yes, you just you got to do your thing unapologetically. All right, I said two more questions before. I have two more questions now because this one is good. It's a little bittersweet, and then we're going to go hypersweet for the finish. Taylor Taylor asks, and I, I'm going to I'm going to add to this because I want I I have a specific thing that I, I want to challenge you specifically. What's something you're proud of that you wish more people would see? I think it's easy for both of us to say the show. Mm-hmm. So I want you to go as specific as possible, whether it's a specific episode or a specific part of the show. Okay. Or, like, a specific thing you've done outside of the show. I want you to go as specific as possible. And I'm going to think about the same thing. What's something you're proud of that you wish more people would see? Something I'm proud of that I wish more people would see is um, the... It's not general, but, like, the characters and the world that we've made is very human. And it's silly, but, like, we always sneak in, like, a lot of human characteristics that are very relatable. And they're very alive and like now we have a history that has influenced the present but the core part of all of this has been like no one is perfect no one is just Mm -hmm. one thing and i would love i wish more people like literally number wise like people would experience like i always get very sad at the story of like I don't get sad but i think about arthur a lot because like he started out as like this mythical hero king who like deals the king's peace and saves the world but he's turned into this like imperfect 
very human. Like he's made mistakes that have had catastrophic consequences, but they weren't mistakes to him, but they would be to some people. And that is kind of at the core of like our later stuff where it's like, Mm -hmm. it's about a matter of perspective, what, who the hero is and who the villain is, unless they're like a total douche, but, and how like, People, these heroic actions have consequences. And that's something that I'm very proud of in our show, that it's not just like they like uh, Headless Seven decides not to go to battle with his friends Mm -hmm. and like they all die. And like the Mm -hmm. consequence that he has to live with is like, yes, he gets to live and tell the story of this and inform more people. But like his friends are dead. And like it's this complicated, really human storytelling that I'm very proud of. And I wish I and I want people to appreciate that I'm very proud of. That's fair. No, I feel that I my specific example, my specific thing that I'm super proud of that I would love people to like really take note of. It's a little thing. It's not long. It's about like two minutes. Do you know how much I think about and how proud I am of the Reflections Day audio drama? Like two minutes. It's like two minutes long. Yeah. We kind of, we edit, like, we, like, recorded it and edited it in a, like, in a day. I am so proud of that two-minute audio drama. Because, like, there's, like, a world to it. And, like, it's it's real, real. Like, people don't, I don't think people know how fucking real, like, the the dynamic between Bosley and Crosley is in that audio drama Mm -hmm. from my goddamn life. Mm -hmm. But, like, that specific thing is just a thing that I think about a lot. And it's little touches like that. It's the fact that we make – I think the thing that I'm proud of that I wish more of you is that – and it's uh, to your point. Yeah. We make time for little things. Yes. We make time – No, you know, not everything is a big sweeping story. Mm-hmm. And even when we have big sweeping stories, we take time to say, like – Oh, God, what was her name? What's the psychic? What's the cop's name? Oh, uh, the the one that teleports? Patches Malone? Yeah. Yeah. Patches Malone, like, we take time to be like, yeah, her girlfriend, like, her and her girlfriend are, like, witchy and cute together. <laughs> we take time to be like, John Pierre has this legendary epic quest. Dude loves to vape. Yes. Loves loves a good vape. Loves ripping some cotton. Yeah. Like, and that's the, that's the thing, is that, like... Every episode, we ha- we tell these stories that can be huge and sweeping and historic, but, like, we take as much time to be, like, Terry Gadget's outfit has, like, patches on it because <laughs> she sort of just, like, t- stitches them up rather than just getting new clothes. Yeah. I like I like the little things and the little dynamics, the little character relationships. Bosley's, Bosley calling Crosley asshole yeah. and, like, scratching his head, like... Stuff like that. It's what makes the show personal. And by the way, if you hear a sudden rumbling, because it's Colorado, I'm in South uh, Southwest Colorado. It is hailing right now. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, well, well, good. We got one last question, so we can wrap it up. Um, wait, no. My last thing is oh, yeah. the thing. Uh, not, one last thing that I'm proud of is that there's so much of us, like you and I, mm-hmm. and where we come from in the show, and that's something that I'm very happy. That's been a continuous thing. Is that like. We pick places from our hometown. You know, we talk about stuff that's, like, personal to us. Like, we're not going to deep dive into ourselves in the episode, but, like, it's something I'm really proud of that we stuck to, that, like, Jen Astral Mm -hmm. is the librarian. And, you know, like, there's a lot of stuff that I sneak in about my own life and family and friends and 
It's it's one. Yeah. I, I I agree with that. I think that like I the thing that I think that I think I'd like more people to note and to see is a our friendship because I think that draw like the the show wouldn't exist. The show is not. The show is fundamentally us being friends. Yeah. And B, the thing that I'm really proud of that I want more people to see. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it into real sweet before we pull into this final question that I have a one word answer for, or like a one sentence answer for. Yep. The thing that I'm really proud of that I want more people to see is Mount Holly, New Jersey. Yeah. Is this quiet little town, like, that isn't much, but, like, is special and is, like, not, you know, it's not New York. It's not Philadelphia. It's nowhere. It's nowhere special. But it gave it gave the world us. Like, we came from that and it, it informed who we are. And there's a magic to that. And I think that's what All My Fantasy Children is, is it's. Little places are special. Little stories are special. Not everyone is, not every, you know, not everyone is Big Jeremy, but Big Jeremy is as much not the person that history paints him as. Like, every little stories have value, and that's what the show is that, to me. Yeah, that is exactly, yes. That sums it up completely. Oh, that's so perfect. What is the last question? The last question comes from Katie. It's from, given on Discord. I have a very short answer for it. This is our, I've marked this with the words verbal hug. So I think this is our verbal hug for our, our birthday episode. Aaron, are you ready? Yeah. Katie says, please answer this in the podcast. Question. Do you know that you have improved people's lives and brought a whole community together? Answer. Yeah, I really do. I really, really do. It's so nice to know that, you know, I don't mean to sound like it's nice to know that you're doing that, but like it makes... The times when I'm like four in the morning and you're editing or I'm like asking Jeff, like, is this a decent direction to go for the history of the world? And he's like, yeah, like, you know, I think it's a really positive thing. Like, you know, I think it's yes, it's it. Yes, it is wonderful. It's, uh, it's so good to know this little podcast that could is like actually doing something nice. And I think that's a wrap. Yeah, totally is. Whew, that so concludes season two of All My Fantasy Children. There you go. That's a wrap on season two, everybody. Oh, God. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And until next time, good night and good game. game.